0: This is The Big Kids Show. I'm Mark. and Thanks for kicking it with us in the sandbox today, everybody. With me, I have two of your favorites, Big Nick and Mr. B. Today, we'll be playing one of our favorite formats. That is top three. That's right. And that category for our top three is top movie duo co-stars of the 1990s. Newer. Yes, yes. Everybody keep your cool. All right. If we haven't, if you haven't already, subscribe, give us a review, mention us in your company speech, whatever you feel like. And as always, we love you all and appreciate the support. And if any of you are interested in the 2000 top movie duos, go back in our catalog as we release that one on January 30th of 2022. Hell, just go back and listen to our whole catalog while you're at it. There's a ton I'm of sorry. gems out there. So now. Today's list is made up of a group of stars who complement not only the movie they are in, but also each other. You can't have peanut butter without jelly. You can't have cereal without milk. Well, I guess technically you can, but you know what I mean. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. So anyway, Big Nick, you've won the coin toss. You get us started today on our journey of 90s movie duos. Kick us off, sir. Tell us who you've chosen as your number three selection.
1: So I always like when we do this because we get to sit around and we get to chit chat and talk about some of our favorite movies, some of our favorite actors uh Goodbye. from yesteryear and the thing that I love that intrigues me the most is that I do not know what you guys have selected as your Ooh. top 3. So mm-hmm. who knows? Will we have any uh okay. will we f- Find movies that are on each other's uh, top three. I, I guess maybe it's not really a movie thing. It's more of just the duo itself. And you you get some of these duos that uh, have overlapped into other movies. So who knows where this, this crazy night will go, where the crazy night will take us. But I'll tell you where it's going to take us to start. First stop, baby. Cape Fear is my number three pick, and here's why. Here's why this is great and should be on everybody's list. I'll tell you what. Who's the duo from Cape Fear? Well, it's Robert D., Right, Robert De Niro. Bobby D. You really could pair him up with anybody else in the movie because everybody else did such a great job as well. But I think this is one of Robert De Niro's finest performances. He, he's He plays a crazy madman uh, in the, the movie. If you've never seen it, I remember seeing this as a child. So Cape Fear comes out 1991. It's a, a psychological thriller. I probably was too young to be watching it at the time, <laughs> but I remember sitting there, this, this, uh, ex-con gets out of prison and then he's going to terrorize this family. And I remember watching this thing for the first time just going, oh my god, if that guy would, what if that guy came after my family when I when I grow up and I have a family? Like, what would I do? Like, I was terrified for these poor people. But here's the duo I'm going to go with. You could go Robert De Niro with Nick Nolte. You could even go Robert De Niro with Jessica Lange. Mm-hmm but you know who I'm going to go with Juliet Lewis. I'm going to go Robert De Niro and <laughs> Juliet Lewis. Lewis played the daughter in the movie and I tell you what this movie is intense from the kickoff all and all the way to the finish line there baby. Uh Cape Fear 1991 and of course our friend Robert De Niro was up for several got nominated for several different awards as well as Juliet Lewis got nominated for best supporting actress and the movie was directed by a one Martin Scorsese so you know it's good. Ooh, little
2: Scorsese and I love the those premises. I mean not not exactly like it but there's a lot of movies where it's for whatever reason somebody is upset or felt hurt so they basically terrorize a family and those thriller movies are always great. So that was an awesome one and uh yes quality pick and i love how you went you went a little curveball with the duo there it wasn't just the two leads it was uh him and uh Juliet uh lewis though
1: so. yeah i think when people think of the movie they would and think of a possible duo yeah, they would, would go, go nolte yeah de niro and nolte but the the thing is juliet lewis sold that part so well I, I mean the whole family so de niro is terrorizing the family of his uh attorney yep you know, so the attorney in his eyes didn't do a good enough job because De Niro has to spend a bunch of time in prison. And he look, I know that you can't like judge a book by its cover, but you can look at De Niro's character <laughs> and tell that he's a complete psychopath. <laughs> and so he, he he gets out and he terrorizes this family. But there's so many scenes that are shared between Juliette Lewis and Robert De Niro. And that's why I went with that pairing as well. Plus, like. She's got this weird character in the movie where she's both like at times infatuated with De Nero's character, but also scared and terrified of him at the same time. And she sells it. Can you imagine trying to being told, hey, we need you to play a character who's both uh, somewhat somewhat intrigued and maybe possibly has a crush, is crushing on this dude, but you're also scared to death of him. Like, okay, that's that's dancing on on the a tight rope and a thin line, right? Or
2: or it's an actor or actress's dream. Of, yeah. It's not a straightforward kind of role. It's like, hey, you have a lot of – use your ability here because you're going to have to show different emotions, not just one or the other, which is, is probably why she does such a great job because she's a quite, great, quite good actress. So, yes.
1: And she, she did, had a she bunch of good movies in the 90s.
0: She did, actually. And for some reason, when you very first said it, Big Nick, the first movie I thought of was
2: Fear – with Mark Wahlberg, and I was like, "Well, movie? very, very similar premise—the idea, <clears throat> yeah, somewhat similar he, premise. He's you know wants to date her and then be in the a- house. Yeah, <laughs> let me in the house, Mister Walker." <laughs> <laughs> but no, Cape Fear was amazing. That was
0: a great movie, and De Niro. I don't know you. You get so used to seeing him as a mob guy. You right. you, you know what I mean? You kind of remember like, oh yeah, he plays a bad guy too. Like a you yeah. know,
2: not that a mob guy's a good guy, but you, you know what I mean. Uh, an unpolished criminal this time. Yes, he, you know well,
1: and he got ripped for the movie. You know, he's, get, he's sporting the longer hair than what we're used to seeing De Niro mm-hmm. pull off. And, and I mean, I'm I just between the tattoos, the look on his face, the hair and and being ripped like that, his outfit. He kind of dresses like uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> in the movie. Nailed, nailed it. And, but uh, nice. De Niro. Yeah. He, he, if you were at the grocery store and saw that De Niro character, you'd be like, yeah, okay, honey, uh, let's get the kids, put them in the yeah. station wagon and get the F out of here. That guy is Had a psychopath. Go.
2: Counselor, is that you?
0: Counselor, come out, come out wherever you are.
2: See, not me, I'd be like, pick him up, pick
1: him up. <laughs> pick <'em> up. <laughs> Very nice. Want to join right. my fantasy football league? Yeah,
0: <laughs> hop on in De new Sleepover. over. <laughs> I got the top bunk. <laughs> all right, all right, great choice, big Nick. Cape Fear, Robert De Niro, Juliet Lewis. Hard to argue with that, Mr. B. Enlighten us. What do you have uh, starting
2: your list? I will enlighten you. And so this one oh. just <laughs> popped in my head, of course, when we have our pre-production meetings. Research team, you know, we, we had good discussions. But this is a little film, came out in March of 95, titled Tommy Boy.
0: Oh, Tommy Boy.
1: <laughs> yes!
0: So we got, we got
2: Chris Farley playing Tommy Callahan the third, we have David Spade playing Richard Hayden. And the quick sum-up of the premise. I mean, it's a movie that hopefully a lot of people have seen, but Tommy's uh Chris Farley's character, his father passes away, and the business is in trouble, and he has to sell these brake pads. So they him and uh Spade go on this kind of tour trying to sell them, and of course, comedy ensues. But the <laughs> way they just play off each other and I mean, not only the physical commie, but just the little quips and back and forth. And I mean, part of it shows because I think they worked together for so long on Saturday Night Live. It just came through in the movie. But there's so many funny one-liners and just they're both hilarious in their own rights that it was hard for me to not put that on the list. Um, And I mean, hell, I could even have went. There was another duo they did, which was Black Sheep. If you guys remember that? That was also in the 90s. But Mm I... To me, I felt Tommy Boy was funnier. So, yeah, Tommy Boy made my list. Um, go ahead, Mark. It,
0: it was. No, and I, I was just going to say the same thing. I mean, it's not even like they came out with one good movie together, they came out with two great movies together. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty much back to back because Tommy Boy came out in 95. Yep. And Black Sheep came out in 96, which obviously, you know, led me for Tommy Boy to be n- my number three selection as well, Mr. Beast. Oh. We are in lockstep yeah. In Lockstep with Tommy Boy coming in as the number three selection. Yeah. There's just, it's too good. Like I, I went back and rewatched Tommy Boy. I can't remember what streaming service they put it on, but I went back and watched it. And I, I mean, I'm sure if, if, if you're our age, you had that movie on VHS, you know, back in college, Mm -hmm. dude. I've watched that movie so many times. I laughed my ass off a few weeks ago like I'd never seen that movie in my entire life. It's just so funny and so hilarious like when they're walking through the factory and all the different little things of uh, he's like, you know, Chris Farley was just the king of of physical comedy and you know, the way that him and David Spade interact with each other is just it's priceless.
2: Yes. And I, I just the uh, my one scene that always sticks out is when they're in the, the hotel and he's like, fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> and apparently I read some stuff, the research team hooked me up that um when they are working at Saturday Night Live and they were just they were actually doing writing, that um he would pull out his jacket and put it on just to kind of break the monotony. So they're like, Hey, we got to work this into the movie.
1: <laughs> Farley would put on spades. jacket. Yeah. Yeah. And That's that, and I,
2: just when you see them together, they look like a, an unmatched duo. I mean, Farley is this tall, big guy, David Spades, a small little guy, but they just together on the screen. They're just, they're, they're money.
0: You know There's what? So I, many scenes in those movies. <laughs> I,
1: one thing I always thought was funny about those two together, like one, they play off of each other so well, and and their comedy together is fantastic. But like they both are kind of baby faced in a way that, like, you could see them being brothers or cousins almost. Like yeah, th- they yeah. they have some similarities there. That's a fantastic pick there, Mister B. And don't forget, fantastic pick there, Mister Mark. Yeah, and that's right. Side
2: note, I I this is just more of weird for me, is when I was of course, when we get all of our research information, uh, if you guys remember Rob Lowe was in the movie, he played mm-hmm. the woman that married Tommy Boy's father, and of course was trying to steal his money. That oh, was woman? No. He he played yeah, I messed that up, but he played he played the uh seemed to be son, but actually was his her lover, right. whatever. But yeah, yeah. uh Rob Lowe actually was uncredited for the film. Really? Even though he was in a lot of scenes. So He was in a bunch of the movie. Yeah. Wow, was, that's so surprising. I just I happened to see that on the thing and it said he was uncredited and I was like, maybe at the time he was like, I don't know if I want to put my name on this film.
1: Or maybe they <laughs> didn't want to put his name. Remember he yeah. got into that trouble and he was uh, away from Hollywood for a while. Maybe that's that weird. was around that time. Good Sex point. Tape. Yeah, so just that's I thought true. that was an interesting little
2: tidbit, but hey Mark, uh, Quality pick back at you, buddy. That's how we do it. Double your money.
0: Double your fun. That's how we roll on the Big Kids Show. All right. So we got Cape Fear coming in at Big Nick's pick with his number three selection. Me and Mr. B doubling up the fun on Tommy Boy with Chris Farley (laughs) and David Spade. Uh, Big Nick, let's kick it back to you. Let's get into our second choices. What's your number
1: two co-star duo of the 90s? How quickly the turns tabled. (laughs) Um, uh, so a very Michael quick Scott couldn't mess yeah. it up that well, <laughs> <laughs> how quickly we we come back to the big Nick 13, pick here. 13. Uh, number two on the big Nick list. I'm going to go with a, uh, from one, one, uh, big to another big, big Lebowski, uh, oh, which yes. was a fine movie that came out in 1998. It. And of course I'm going to go with the pairing of the two main stars of this movie, which would be Jeff Bridges and John Goodman. Uh, Both Jeff Bridges and John Goodman, two fine elite actors. I I believe John Goodman to be one of the most underrated actors of the of his generation. I mean, he's just his range is incredible. And these two were great together. We have we have Bridges playing the dude. Lebowski. and we have John Goodman as Walter. Walter's a former uh, Vietnam vet, uh, and he re- he doesn't mind reminding <laughs> us multiple times throughout the movie that he served in Vietnam. And <laughs> all the Sinam, scenes, are, the rules. All, all the scenes are popping <laughs> in my head right now, buddy. I know. <laughs> and the the movie, if 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 this is one that you've not seen, I mean, come on the the list of stars in this movie is just too much for me to mention here i mean i'll rattle a few off uh, bridges of course john goodman julian moore steve buscemi philip seymour hoffman tara reed uh john totoro sam elliot i mean and the beat goes on maybe the reed beat goes so out of place <laughs> yes. with the rest of that group <laughs> Don't, anyway. don't Don't fuck with the Jesus. So I saw an interview with John Goodman, and they were talking about kind of the making of Lebowski. And remember when the movie came out in the theaters, it doesn't really do anything. In the theaters, like, and then it's—I I don't think it did well at all commercially, right? Right. They had a yeah. small budget, fifteen million bucks. Box office, it hits about forty-five million. So they oh, make that, that's better, better than I thought. Okay, they make some money, but it wasn't a blockbuster. It wasn't a smash hit, and it's after the fact. Once it gets to the small screen that it really takes off. And if through word of mouth, everybody telling everybody else how great this movie is, the thing is these guys and and everybody involved, they all knew that it was something special when they were filming it. And John Goodman was asked a lot of like background questions about Walter. Like, because some of these people fill out like the character, they flesh out the character a little bit and come and up back, with yeah their backstory and everything. Yeah. So they know how to react and what their motives are and things like that throughout the scenes. And they're asking John Goodman about a lot of Walter's background. And he's saying, he goes, look, I, this was the only role that I've played in my entire career that I formed zero backstory." I created zero backstory. I didn't ask the Coen brothers um, about the backstory about uh, Walter. I didn't need it. He said, because every day I was showing up to work and I was having so much fun filming. (laughs) He was, I just, I just couldn't wait to get there in the morning. I hadn't, he was, I wasn't worried about the, the backstory of Walter. He didn't need one. The character was so good. And in the, 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 Chemistry together with all the people working together was so fantastic that these they they all say the same thing. It's amazing to me that there's not not been a sequel.
2: Well, and I, I hope there's not because I feel like that's when you're ruining.
1: You could only s- yeah. There's no way magic. to win. There's yeah. no way to win.
2: And kind of commenting on what you said there, Big Nick, I credit a lot of that probably to the Cohen brothers because I've kind of gathered that is when they do a film, chemistry is an important thing. And to kind of how they approach it as, if you would like to think of an NFL coach, you know, they're like, yes. hey, we know when to coach you. We know when to let you just do your craft. And John Goodman's probably one of those guys where he knows his stuff. You're just basically directing him in terms of, here's what we would like to see you try, but do your thing, buddy, you know. Yeah. And that
0: movie was so, it was so well put together. I, somehow, again, Big Nick, we talked about this before we got on on air, but I mean – this one fell off my radar. I, I this definitely would have made my top three. I mean, it, those two together are so good, and you know, obviously John Goodman commands the the space when he's there, right? I mean, he just the bowling alley scenes with him, and obviously, you know, Steve Buscemi is in one of your duos, but just the interactions between those two is hilarious as yeah. well.
1: But <laughs> he's like, but <laughs> the 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 world does not stop and start at your convenience, Donny. <laughs> You <laughs> crossed the
2: line market zero, Donnie. market zero Donnie.
1: <laughs> well and, <laughs> I mean,
2: go ahead there's, Mark. Just,
0: there's there's so many scenes in this movie and I, I feel like the fact that this fell off and there I know there's quite a few others like, there may be a few others you guys mentioned that that I didn't think of as well. Um, that it just it tells me that like the 90s was an absolute gold mine. Of good movies. Yeah. And I'm not saying there isn't the same now, but I don't see it because like when I see the movies that are coming out, yeah, there's good ones. But like The Big Lebowski, that's not a remake of some other movie. It's a totally random premise of who the hell comes up with some guy who walks around in a bathrobe drinking white Russians, has a buddy from Nam who likes to go bowling with, and another guy that that guy from Nam yells at. And you got some guys coming to, we want the money, Lebowski.
2: (laughs) It's just, it's so random. Oh, I love this choice. And as you said that, Mark, shout out to... Uh, An episode we did a while back, our top three bass players, a one Mr. Flea was in that as well. He was one of the the nihilists or whatever. He's like, we want the money, Lebowski.
1: We want the money, Lebowski. (laughs) Here's a question for, I should have hit the research team with this one how many mushrooms do you think the Coen brothers ate before writing this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it's some of those weird
2: scenes and yeah. it's just, they, I think they just went all out there, which that's what made it such a cult classic is cause it was just so weird and original and kind of,
1: even Unique. the premise is yeah. out
2: there. I well, mean, and, and John Totoro as Jesus. Yes. I
0: mean, I, the gif where <laughs> the scene where he's got the bowling ball he's shining up his ball, shining up his ball. I mean, it's just classic. Man. He, There's he,
1: so many classic scenes. He tongues the bowling ball before yeah. he throws <laughs> yeah. the strike. <laughs> and, you know, they made – I believe oh, I they it. made a movie that was just The it. Jesus Man or whatever it's called. The Jesus oh, Rolls. The Jesus Rolls, that's
0: roles. what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. It is was actually uh,
1: directed by
0: John Turturro.
1: And they, they said,
0: like, yeah, it could be considered a sequel. No, it's not a sequel. And I don't even think John Turturro intended it to
1: be a it's sequel. It's a branch off. That dude yeah, is – I guy. mean, the, the, the straight-up legit – uh, thespians in this movie just the long yes. list is amazing and 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 you're right i think you nailed it there mr b it's the cohen brothers i think they the, uh, they cast a movie different than than other people do they're just better at it
2: and i think from their you know history or experience Good actors want to work with them, so it's easy to cast good people. Versus, like sometimes you do these films and you approach people, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't know if I want to do that." Versus when you hear who's attached to the film, well, it's the Coen Brothers. Ooh, I'm intrigued. Let's let's go because they do very quirky, unique films, not these kind of bland, big budget movies. So, love the pick, buddy. It's that one was very close to mine. I was curious if it would be on the list, and it certainly is.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. All right, Mr. B, let's move on to your number two. What do you got for us? No no pressure. I mean, the yeah.
2: Big Lebowski, Jeff Bridges, John
0: Goodman, that's some that's some high heat. knowing uh, Ryan. I'll, heat I'll right try there. my
2: best. I'll try my best. So this, this one just edged into the 90s. So just barely made it. It was released in October of 99. I'm going to go with a little film called Fight Club. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we got Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, Brad or Edward Norton playing basically just titled The Narrator. Um, and Brad Pitt as Tyler Durden. And I don't know, that movie was just awesome and suspenseful and weird and dark. And I don't even know where to start with that one. But it's one that was based off a book. So I mean, I sadly have not read the book. But anyone that's seen the film knows Fight Club was a quite good movie and just directed really well and interesting premise and all this stuff. But Anyone that hasn't seen it, the quick idea is it's a guy that meets someone and they start this fight club. And then it kind of escalates where it's you start getting into, you know, almost like domestic terrorism type stuff. And then it turns out at the end, some weird stuff. I don't want to spoil it because there's probably some guy that has not watched it. And <laughs> I'm going to fight club Go him. Watch and watch it. Yeah. And then we'll start a fight club in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I love fight club. The first time I saw it, I think I just was like, whoa, what is this? This is crazy
0: yeah that's a great movie man i mean that, that was another one the first time i watched it i was just like i mean you you almost kind of sit there with like your mouth open like wow this movie's intense there's a lot going on but it's it's interesting to see the progression of edward norton through that movie and the mm-hmm. effect that brad pitt has on him and i think that's what makes those two working together so so good you know what i mean the dynamic between the two I think dynamics is a big part of a lot of this. I mean, it's the same with Jeff Bridges and John Goodman. Jeff Bridges was like super laid back and John Goodman's like the
1: super
2: uptight, like, yeah. oh, guy hey, raging from Nam, you know? Yeah, and same with this one. At the beginning, if you remember, Edward Norton was this really like straight-laced kind of guy trying to do the right thing and he meets this guy that's real loose and living in this like crappy house and not giving a crap. Yeah, And so you kind of get the yin and yang. But um, the big research team let me know that Apparently, their salaries were vastly different. <laughs> <laughs> really, like so again. I don't know how accurate it's these are because sure. the research team I think was drinking this week when they got me this. But um, it looked like Brad Pitt got somewhere around seventeen million for the film, Ooh. which pretty big payday. Now again, uh, but it looked like Edward Norton got somewhere around two and a half million. Oh huh. so, yeah. So imagine though, like especially when you're working together and you find out afterwards, you're like, this is a, some bullshit. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's But a- I but I think Brad Pitt was a pretty huge star in ninety nine. Edward Norton was kind of still trending upward, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and you never know how that stuff works behind the scenes in terms of how they negotiate but just well, when you see two co-stars you see such a vast difference in salary i mean it's just that's crazy yeah that's pretty wild
1: and that's been the complaint of of the better half of our uh, you know our our world here the finer the fairer of the two of genders of course of course Has complained about that for decades and rightfully so yeah there, i agree can you imagine like we're talking about how what a kick in the nuts it is this one situation they've had to deal with that damn near every situation they show up to. <laughs> yeah, now, I yeah. wonder I wonder if Norton got some of the back end, uh, you know, again, you're right. We don't know the the finer yeah. details of that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, and I think that from what I gathered from our big Rick kid research team, they just spent the whole time watching the movie and then starting a fight club instead of actually doing research. So <laughs> his I mean, name was
1: Robert Paulson?
2: Yes, his name was Robert Paulson. And plus, are you guys going to help me clean up? Because in the studio, man, they really just there's blood all over the place, and it's I don't know mess. what's happening kind of a, a mess. There. It's bad. Yeah, I mean the research team's getting a little out of hand. They told me if you talk about Fight Club, that they'll beat me up even more. And I'm like, man, this is getting crazy. This yeah, is what room it,
1: with a shank. This is what yeah, happens you when you don't have an HR department. I told you guys we need an <laughs> HR department. That was my bad. I, I tried to save us some money. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> didn't work out <laughs> oh,
0: very nice very nice fight club is a great great selection so i will uh i will salute you on that one mr b thank you sir. all right so on to my number two this one i'm gonna go a little bit of a well i guess i'll kind of go back the direction of a big nick on this one i kind of went the the lighter hearted on on this one so I'm going with a little film made in 1992, and that would be White Man Can't Jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. Good yes. Good oh, thank cheers, you cheers.
1: Hey, remember to pay your taxes, America. That's right. Pay
0: your taxes, everybody. <laughs> so if you have not seen this movie, just literally go do yourself a favor and do it after this episode. Um, not while driving. Not while driving. <laughs> These two together are like, it's so funny because when you watch the movie, um, the whole premise of the movie, for those who aren't aware, White Man Can't Jump, Woody Harrelson is um, a a bit of a gambler and he's a, a very, very good basketball player, posing as a basketball player who has no idea what he's doing. And he goes into the hood and Wesley Snipes is kind of the street smart, um guy that really is just running the neighborhood when it comes to the basketball courts and woody harrelson dresses up as the nerdiest white guy you could ever possibly imagine with like these like trying
2: to, try to sandbag them like looking exactly
0: terrible. exactly And wesley snipes catches on to it and they end up partnering up and basically hustling a ton of people and it's it's that dynamic and i I got to give a shout out to Rosie Perez because she's amazing in this movie as well. Oh, yes, she was. Yes. But um, the very attractive Rosie Perez. She does a great job of really helping the two gel together because there's conflict. And she tends to kind of be the glue and the divider between the two throughout different scenes of the movie. But the way that they they go at each other when they first meet to how their relationship kind of develops throughout the movie is really what sticks out to me. And the conflict between the two, especially as they become close, it's just an awesome movie. And, um, you know, I, I like those movies where you can kind of see the the um, the relationship grow between the two of them as friends as it moves throughout the movie. But as they still are kind of enemies a little bit, like throughout the whole movie, it's just a really cool dynamic.
2: So, yeah, when I watched that movie as a, as a young lad, it made me want to become a street basketball player. But the problem was... I didn't get any taller and I didn't jump any higher. So it kind of it kinda of was out of the cards unless I just got faster. And unfortunately you mean
0: watching Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes didn't increase your athletic prowess. Hey,
1: cue, a, a little cue, bit. A little bit. But Cue the music. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was taller. I wish I had a girl with the phone I would call her. Call her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so but hey, I love that movie on so many levels. Like I of course I love basketball movies too. So just as a basketball movie, I love that pick. Um but it's just a fun premise with the way they
1: work together. You nailed it all there. Maybe My sir. favorite but look, the the fi- the best scenes obviously, some of the best scenes are the of course they're on the the street ball court, but one of my favorite parts of the actual story is his girlfriend winning on Jeopardy, right? <laughs> I know, I know, I know seven seven words with the, that start with the letter Q or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What uh, is the twins? Right. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was, was
2: good good reference there. That was her
0: dream. She kept getting mad because he kept losing all the money, and she wanted to get on Jeopardy, and then she did. So. I lost oh, Lord,
1: Lord. on Jeopardy. Jeopardy
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, buddy! Great all pick! Right. Great pick!
0: Great, pick. thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. So let's do a quick recap here because we man we got this is this is star studded. We got some some loaded stuff here. So, Mr. B at number three, you've got Tommy boys with Chris Farley and David Spade. You've got uh, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton from Fight Club as your number two. Big Nick, your number three, you've got Robert De Niro and Juliette Lewis from Cape Fear. Excellent choice. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorites at your number two, Jeff Bridges and John Goodman, the big Lebowski. I've got Tommy Boy as well as my number three with Chris Farley and David Spade. And then, like I said, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Schnipes with White Man Can't Jump. So let's get into our number one choices here, gentlemen. Big Nick, who is your top
1: duo of the 90s? Look, I didn't want to bring it up but I can't. I can't stop myself. <laughs> the, the white man can't jump pick little racist on your part there, Mark. Little racist help myself, sorry.
0: <laughs> I didn't mean anything by it. I'm not
1: racist. I just love that I Take love it easy white people. Take it easy white people, it's a Mark. Joke. It's a joke. Mark likes most of you. All right. We're kidding. <laughs> For my number one pick, uh, and I'm going to be shocked I actually am starting to think this might be everybody's number one pick because I was thinking we might hear this before we got to my number one choice. And since we haven't heard it, I'm convinced I'm going to hear it from at least one of you guys, because I know we didn't all end up in the same sandbox together. So I know that that you guys are smart, (laughs) as smart as me, if not smarter than me. So I would be shocked. If this doesn't end up in at least one of uh your guys' number one picks. So you're saying we're smart and not dumb? Is that what you're saying? Actually, maybe I'm maybe I'm outside of the box here. I'm gonna be oh now now I don't know what the hell's going on. I know what I <laughs> that took cued me into what you guys is I know what you guys picked. I picked of course I picked Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Of course I picked that.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice
1: pick, buddy. The Pulp
0: Fiction <laughs> choice. Very nice.
1: I'm a little shocked it sounds like you guys didn't pick the same <laughs> thing. Hey, man, that's hey, a great pick.
0: wrong with that. That's a fantastic selection. It was not are
2: selection. S- they are an excellent duo, an excellent duo.
1: And notice that I said Samuel L. Jackson first. John Travolta gets top billing in this movie, but Samuel L. Jackson should get top billing. He is the star of the show. Travolta is fantastic. And, of course, this role as Vincent Vega revitalized his career. Now, what's so interesting about this, I think this had a chance to be a butt fumble here for a little bit because it was (laughs) supposed to be that Michael Madsen was going to play the part of Vincent Vega because he played in Reservoir Dolls. Yep, good call. And he turns it down because he was going to be in Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner. And so then Tarantino comes out, he's like, perfect. John Travolta is perfect for this. And then, of course, we get the sexual predator. What's his name? Uh, And he locked up Weinstein. Yeah, Weinstein wanted... Oh, who did he want? He had somebody in mind that he was pushing for... Harvey Weinstein wanted Daniel Day Lewis. Now he's a, here's he's here's, the problem. here's the problem. Four score. Tarantino is playing Vincent Vega. Vincent Vega is a heroin junkie who is also a hitman. But he's but he's he, he's a pretty cool guy. Like everybody likes Vincent Vega. Nobody's arguing. <laughs> he's, he's a cool
2: heroin user. If there's who such knocks a- against him.
1: Here's the problem. Daniel Day Lewis is one of these uh, method actors that like, right, they they get in character, they stay in character for like eight months of their life or something. He would have been shooting up heroin and killing people on the streets for eight months. Thank God we didn't listen to the sexual predator, Harvey Weinstein. I heard he... uh, yeah, Let's not get fact, into his yeah. mess. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. That Good God, we almost went down a, d- a dark road there. Take a, but, take a left. Take a left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, John Travolta, Samuel Jackson, beautiful work. This is one of the the. It's one of the finest films. You know what's weird? In research of this episode, I found a, I believe it was a top one hundred list from Rolling Stone magazine. One of the best magazines of our lifetime. Right. Agreed. They did a top 100 movies of the 90s, and Mark, you're going to love this, baby. Goodfellas was number one, according to (laughs) Rolling Stone magazine. Pulp Fiction was up there. Pulp Fiction might have been number two. I would have to double check that, but uh, Pulp Fiction certainly was up there, and I love this movie. This is one of my favorite movies of all time, and the, the pairing of Travolta and Jackson, muy bueno.
2: Yes, you nailed it. And plus, listeners, if you go back, we referenced this movie on so many different shows with our uh, Samuel Jackson Rankum, Um yep. and I think even our most badass movie scenes. Yes. That that was Tarantino
1: Rankum. Yeah,
2: it was. It just the the two together was just great. So I love that pick. I think the reason why I it stayed out of my mind is because that also had such an all star cast that I had a tough time say, singling out those two. Because, I mean, Bruce Willis was amazing in it. And it's just there were so many other great actors that it it didn't stick out as a duo. But now that you're saying it to me, awesome pick, buddy. I love it.
1: Tim Roth, Harvey Keitel, uh, Uma Thurman. We got Christopher Walken. This watch your dad your dad held this watch in his ass, um, <laughs> his ass. Oh, that that's the one that's like i could do that in part That's
0: then
1: he died of dysentery uh, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, we we need Hey, we need to wrap this up because afterwards i gotta go give uh marcellus wallace's wife a foot massage yes
2: you do nice, nice. Don't, don't, you're gonna get thrown through a plate glass window <laughs>
0: Does Marcel Wallace look like a bitch? <laughs> Say what again? Say what again? <laughs> they speak, Do they
1: English, speak English. What? what?
2: <laughs> nice pick, but Lenny. not
0: about Pulp Fiction. It's about John Travolta and Samuel L. Mm-hmm. Jackson. No, that's a great choice. Honestly, guys, like if I'm being serious, I feel like we probably could have split this into ten different episodes and picked the top three from like almost every single year yes, in yes. the we 90s could we could have. There is just, it's like insane. Like the amount of good movies. You guys are going to be so pissed at me from honorable mentions. But anyway, we'll oh, move on no. beyond that. So that is a great, great selection. He's Big got Nick.
1: 99 honorable mentions in Pulp Fiction 8.1. In Pulp mm-hmm.
0: Fiction 8.1. Not anymore because you just named it. So we're good to go. All right, Mr.
2: B, let's move on to your number one selection, sir. What do you got as your top choice? So mine, this one was unanimous. It was no way I could go against it. Film released in December '94, Dumb and Dumber.
0: What's the soup to jour?
1: <laughs> Jim Carrey, the the Jeff day.
2: Daniels. I love them together, and I think it goes back to like we were talking about the '90s. I think that was also again we were younger kids, so we really were into watching movies and VHS tapes and all that stuff. So I think there's a nostalgia to a lot of these films we're talking about. Um, and For I sure. just Dumb and Dumber was one of the, my favorite movies of maybe of all time and again everyone could be like oh well that's not a film well screw you i enjoy it i love dumb and The critics the critics didn't like it i don't care about critics those (laughs) critics are jerk offs it's (laughs) <laughs> i i enjoy that's how you really feel I, that's B how i feel it's, i like it i like it's, it, I like it's, it. Enter- it's entertainment it's for fun it's yeah, lighten up, up. <laughs> lighten up everybody laugh watch a funny movie it'll be okay it'll be all right if, if you laugh it'll be all right and dumb and dumber these guys just play off each other perfectly just hilarious stuff i mean i mark you and i quote this movie all the time even just forward oh, it's even through text. So it's so, like.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's how I feel about your selection, Mr. B. If I have to be 100% honest, do it. I have the exact same selection yeah! as mine. That's my Me dog. Grains are <laughs> melded together. Number one and number three. We had oh, to. buddy. Uh, we both had to take a quick left turn on number two. But yeah, this movie, it's one of my favorite movie, movies of all time. And. Like, honestly, if you if you say these two don't work good together, watch the scene of them in the blue and orange suits. And when Jim Carrey smacks <laughs> him in the ass with the cane, tell me there's not a scene <laughs>
2: that
0: describes two guys that work better together than those two. Look at the yeah.
2: butt on that. Oh, he must
0: and work out. Jeff Daniels <laughs> is taking a dump, and Jim Carrey's trying to pick up on the chicken. Out. I mean... <laughs> Oh, it's just there's no, too many
2: moments. There's Sadly, many we moments. can go and do one-liners for like four hours. Oh,
0: we could probably just recite the whole movie. and do, Our listeners would be either
2: very entertained or very bored. This was <laughs> one that, that I had the VHS tape. And even I think early in college, like that was our go-to. Like, what are we going to watch? Turned it out. Yeah, I mean, literally we broke the VHS tape because <laughs> we played it so much. This was kind of like, you oh. know, like if you're hanging out and you're like, Especially when we were in college, we didn't have cable. So you had three channels and a VHS player. You're like, well, I'll just put in Dumb and Dumber. And just makes makes me laugh still. It's nostalgic and hilarious. So <laughs> Dumb and Dumber nailed it. That's a one-two combo punch right there. That's right.
0: Well, gentlemen, that wraps us up. Um, so number one, we had Pulp Fiction for Big Nick, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson as his duo. And me and Mr. B with our melded brains selected Jim Carrey and Jeff. Oh, Daniels hey, real
2: fast, Mark. Make it four make it for Boilermakers. Four boilermakers.
0: <laughs> hey, if, yeah, let's not forget about Cam Neely from the Boston yeah. Bruins and <laughs> if, his dynamite drop-in. If
2: Seabass is the guy with the hat. <laughs> There's some salt over your right shoulder. <laughs> mm, I'll have that. Mm, I
0: like it a lot. Nailed it, buddy! All right, all right. So let's get into a couple honorable mentions. I, yes. I won't flood you guys in mind. But I, Nick, I, have, I have a couple too. I have a couple too. All right. So, so Nick, you got any you want to you want to throw at us here? Or are you all tapped out with your three?
1: No. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get to. I have three honorable mentions, and there were, and I'm gonna give you reasons why they didn't make the cut. Okay. So, uh Wayne's World. Yep. Mike Myers, Dana Carvey. Yep. I, I they didn't make the cut because I took this into a factor. They worked together for so many years on Saturday Night Live that the the pairing wasn't it wasn't a surprise to anybody, right? They've worked so well for so many years together they had a lot of practice together. Um Silence of the Lambs with uh Foster and um Hopkins and uh Hello, Chris. I thought uh, that you guys know that's one of my favorite movies of all time. So it was very heartbreaking for me to not put that on the list. But a lot of that, I think, has to do with how the movie was shot. Not to say that Hopkins and and Foster didn't do an amazing job. Of course, Hopkins won a bunch of awards. So did Foster. But I think the way that they shot that really played up their interaction with each other. And then uh, I also had rush hour and friday because of chris tucker and jackie chan and ice cube but see the thing is with in the early 90s and and, in late actually the late 90s i think a lot of that was less of a duo and more on chris tucker i think you could pair him with because ice cube doesn't do a particularly great job he just plays (laughs) that role really good but but i mean he's not a he's not a crazy good actor, and Chan, not a crazy good actor. I think Chris Tucker really elevated those Great. those parts. So that's why those three didn't make the cut. But here was a very close fourth for me that that I have no reason for why it didn't make the cut, just not as good as the, the three that I chose. This is outside the box. I'll be surprised if you guys thought of this one. Rainmaker, Matt Damon, Danny DeVito.
2: Oh, there you go! Great that
0: one. Yeah, yeah, I did not have that on there. Oh, one of one, one of yours. my
1: favorite lawyer movies. Uh, Danny DeVito is smashing good in the movie, and that was one of the I first like movies I remember seeing Matt Damon in. So uh, those uh, that's my long list. Usually, I don't have that long of a list, but uh, the topic was a fantastic. Well, one. and what I I can piggyback Definitely. on you, Mark.
2: You literally nailed or Mark Mark Big Nick. You hit all of my honorable mentions except for one, which would have been. Uh, jerry Maguire. Oh. Oh, yeah. Now again, oh, who the be- hell is Renee Wedger? Yeah, but yeah. who were it's going to be your pairing? <laughs> well, it in- would be it would be Tom Cruise and uh Cuba Cuba Gooding Ju- Jr. Yeah, 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 again, yeah. they didn't have scenes all the time together, but when they did, I thought that was just cinema gold. Um and then I had one that we, we actually you mentioned Big Nick, uh for some reason, good fellas popped in, but to me, it wasn't a duo. It was a trio. So I, that's why I didn't yeah. make it on my list because yeah. it was more of like that's a tough. trio. But no, you hit all mine, buddy. So
0: good work. All right. Thank you. Well, uh, sit down and buckle your seatbelts, guys. Here we go. Do it all in one breath. Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick Seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman Donnie Brasco with Al Pacino and Johnny Depp Natural Born Killers with Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis Boom there we go
2: <laughs> Bang <laughs> Bang This guy, right. remember a rap. Rap. Remember the You remember the micro machine guy That's your next gig buddy <laughs> I also do the
0: uh, the prescription commercials Side effects now include You hate yourself <laughs> You hate everybody else you, you want to take a seat You want to get on the couch You never your, want to get on your,
2: your eye will fall out <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably
0: no, honestly, shoot like, yourself. If I had to, decide, I name a few. Demo- Demolition Man was super close. I I love me some Wesley Snipes, man. I, I love Wesley Snipes. Him and Sylvester Stallone were an awesome duo in that one. And I thought Cable Guy was just great, man. Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick, the the way they played off of each other, one being crazy and and the other not so much. And then it was I, I wanted to mention something about Juliet Lewis because you had picked her, uh, Big Nick, but her and Woody yeah. Harrelson obviously were were great. Natural born killers, so. That's what we got. Big kids Mm -hmm. out there. We definitely appreciate everybody joining us. Like I said, if you have not already subscribed, like, hit the bell. We have got... Episodes dropping every single week on Sundays. Come back and check us out. We have a large backlog. Go back and listen to everything. You don't want to miss an episode of the Big Kid Show. (laughs) It's it's not
1: something we want to brag about. It's a large
0: backlog. It's a big log of back episodes. That's what we got here at the Big Kid Show. All right, everybody out there, we are the Big Kid Show signing off for now. See ya.